podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Nina Kauser Show. As you can tell, I have a big smile on my face. Well, you can certainly hear the smile on my face. Because the Reds, yes, the Reds, have put a sword in Ten Hag's ear at Manchester United. 7-0 it finished. What a result. What a performance. My God, it's always a pleasure sticking it to them, but in such a manner as well. Absolutely brutal from Jurgen Klopp's Red Men. And joining me on this podcast, I have two incredible, incredible guests, so I'll introduce them. And we have some callers as well, and we've got quite a full house on Discord as well, which is good. It feels like the old school days when Liverpool used to be quite good at the football. But you know what? Happy days indeed. So um, let me introduce my guests. First up, it is um, a familiar voice that's been doing some post-match content. Um, it's Guy Drinkle. Guy, welcome to the show. It's an all right day, isn't it? It's all right. Ah, bit of a super Sunday. Yeah. I lived it's up to... A bit windy up here. Yeah. Nothing else, yeah. Yeah, just a bit windy, you know, lived up to the hype. And joining Guy on this podcast, I mean, it's, an, again, another familiar voice um, on the Nina Kaza show. It sometimes comes on. Great insight, as always. It is Tadiva. Tadiva, welcome back. <laughs> That is a laugh. That is iconic. <laughs> yes. Sorry, my brothers are Man United fans. I needed that. I needed that, or I wasn't going to be able to go home for Christmas. Oh, you know what? My mum is a United fan. My brother-in-law's a United fan. I can completely, completely relate. I'm so happy you're on to Diva, and I'm so glad that you guys are on because when we did this, when we organised the show for the panel, you two obviously worked together, and you were both like, "Should we talk about wrestling instead?" So you know, it's it's great that we can actually talk about the game. But like I said, we've got a couple of callers, and I'm going to get to them first. First up, oh my god! Like, thank you for joining us, Gags Tandon. Or do you have to win 7-0? Uh, well, how can you not when, you know, when you, it's literally one of the best days ever to be a Liverpool fan? I mean, <clears throat> we've gone through some rough, rough, rough spaces, man, this season. It's been really rough for us. And when you come up against, for me, obviously I'm not a local, the greatest rivals. Um, and literally everyone around me is shitting themselves. Cousins calling me, friends calling me. They're shitting themselves for this game. They can't handle, you know, um, you know, playing this match today and handle them just winning a trophy and then beating us. They just couldn't handle anything. And for this to happen after everything this season, for this to happen after them saying, everyone saying, every United fan saying, we're back, we're back now, baby, we're back now. Just listening to Gary Neville's 
pain in his voice. The pain in his voice all game. That second half, I recorded the second half. You know, when it got to like 6-0, I pressed the record button on my on my DVR thing. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch this back again and again and again. Because if you can't enjoy tonight, regardless of what happened this season, this season gave us this day. This is one of the greatest days. And I just put it on... I just put it on um, Instagram, there are good days, there are great days, this is one of the greatest days ever, you know, I mean, then I can't tell you, There's the first thing I was like, I need to go and speak about this on the Nina Kaiser show, because honestly, we just have to enjoy everything about this day there's been some rough ones our mental health's taken a kick in we you know that's why i've been in hiding i just can't handle liverpool but as soon as this was going on i was like fuck me i need to talk about it and guys you know tad and guy know i've i've been proper well into wrestling you know but it's going good over there i'm enjoying that but bloody hell if they turn this around i'll be enjoying this again and i can't tell you how much that was enjoyable i just can't tell you that is one of the best experiences ever, ever, honestly, beating those cunts 7-0. I never thought I'd see anything like it, but we have. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. It's wonderful, isn't it? So, you know, we've gotten your feeling and your vibe and like, there's a lot to take away. And I, I do agree. I mean, I think someone tweeted, um, uh, it's somebody, um, on, I think a lot of people follow him, um, uh, Nasty. Um, Nasty196, he goes, remember when Neville said the Liverpool fans are knowledgeable when they can sense when a team is dominating? <laughs> like, that seems like an age when you said that. Like, I, and I don't see that. Oh, Tad, I need your laugh. Tad, where's your laugh? I need that laugh here as well, Tad. Tad, we should just laugh for 90 minutes on I this I thought that's part. what we were going to do, just laugh for 90 minutes. <laughs> You know what? Can we just get to this? As like as great as Liverpool were, and uh, Ted, I'm going to speak to you. Like the capitulation of Manchester United, like everything just fell apart for them. I mean, like you know, this part is just going to be random. Right? We'll get to the goals and everything. But for me, you know what? My from everything was the fact that Konate just kind of slightly got his elbow into the back of uh, Bruno Fernandez's chest, and he went down holding his face like he's been shot. Classic Bruno Fernandez that. Um, yeah. I, I think the problem for United is they realize they're not as good as everyone's been hyping them up to be. And that's probably what pissed them off the most because they got the new manager. He's brought in his new ideas. It's working. Because, it's also I mean, worth noting as well, we started this run for them when they beat us. Yeah. Because obviously they, they were poor. 
and they lost games and then the beatles and then the tails went up and i love the fact that it's poetic and beautiful that we ended it in such a embarrassing manner embarrassing and emphatic yes um yeah, so I, I think this is because nothing's gone wrong for them in, in recent, you know, the last couple of months. And they've now bought into, you know, Ten Hag and, and everything he's brought in. So they're thinking, oh, this is the time, you know, what is it? One goal in seven appearances at Anfield or something ridiculous like that for them. So they're probably walking in thinking this is finally the day we get to vanquish that and put, and put that to one side. And... You know, they caused us some problems at the beginning. We held our own. And then the moment we started scoring, they just they just absolutely capitulated. They did. And Guy, I'm going to get your feelings. You're awfully quiet. Come, back, come into the equation. Talk to me. I was just checking out Ibu Kanate's anime tweet that he does every time we win a game. So that is fantastic. He's gone Dragon Ball Z heavy, which I'm sure many, many people appreciate listening. It... It's such a weird season. Like, I I don't think I've ever gone into a game dreading a game that much and the result to be the complete opposite. It's fucking fantastic. It's... I just don't... I don't know. It's hard to put into words. Because we've had... We've had good results. Um, We've had good results against them. Like, even last season with the 5 nils and stuff like that. But to embarrass them and to defeat them like that. You mentioned it there, Bruno just giving up completely. Um, the Red Shaw should have probably been sent off three times in that game somehow, which we'll probably get onto. But for them, just to mentally defeat them, like, I know we've had bad results. Like, the Real Madrid one was awful. But I've never seen, especially under Klopp maybe in previous years, I've never seen us be defeated like that. Not like that against your rival. Not like that. And I just, I just run out of words already. We're not even bloody start the podcast. That is such a magical day. It's a but magical you, day. And you know what? Nice little, um, uh, nice little segue there. A magical day, and um, lucky are those people who got to experience it live. And I'm gonna try getting a couple of people on right now. Um, hopefully, we're joined by Harinda and Cole. Harinda, are you there? I just need to, to come off mute. I am here. I don't have much of a throat left. I'm so glad Jürgen is a red. It's always one. I'm so glad. It's always, there's always one, isn't there? Oh, no, there's two. It, it's a Desi reunion. Yes, <laughs> listen. Welcome to Cambridge's back to Anfield match. What uh, a fucking match to come to. Take him you every know, week, man. If, if he give, gets you seven nilers, take him... Chain him to the goalpost. That, that, that might not go down too well with the, my part, my my usual partner in crime. He couldn't make it today, which made it possible for uh, Cam to be here. Um, this is proper emotional. Do you know why? I wanted to retire my my selfie. I think you guys know this, right? So, like, um, I said that he goes, people go, right? That, that's it. You kind of have to come to terms with it. I'm not really ready for Bobby to go yet. But if Bobby can do this before he goes in every single match, I'd be a very happy man. For him to get number seven like that, and just the audacity of it. You know, like we got to four, we got to five, and then Mo Salah goes, I'm not happy with five. I don't want to be equal. 
I don't want to be an equal. I want to leave my legacy out there for everyone who said I was a one-season wonder, and he does that. He does that. So our all-time Premier League record goal scorer is a person who probably is the best goal scorer during my lifetime for Liverpool. And I say that having seen Rush. His man is fucking awesome. Yeah, what he stands for, what he transcends is just amazing. And I love every single piece of it. But my, my God. When I started this day, I had a fucking shit morning. This is, this is the reason why I went to call in. I had a really shit morning. Yeah, I couldn't get changed properly. Like my head, my head space wasn't really well. And, and almost to the point whereby you're looking in the mirror and screaming at yourself to kind of get a grip on shit because things ain't going so great. And you just want to feel normal again, if that makes any sense. Yeah, mental health is something that everyone talks about. I'm going to talk about mine today because my mental health this morning wasn't great. Yeah, not, it wasn't to do much with the match. It was just like things at home, sometimes with my son, sometimes with everything else. And you like, you know, you just want the day to be better. And you want his day to be better. I want my day to be better. I want life to be better for everybody at some point. You know, like, that's how you kind of feel. And then football, as someone once said, is the most important thing of the non-important things. I think it's yeah, Carlo Yeah, of all the non-important things that are out there, football is sometimes most people's most important. And it's a release, right? And I was worried that my release today would lead to more anguish because, let's face it, Liverpool sometimes ain't great at Anfield. It's not been a happy experience. And it's the Manx. It's the fucking Manx. It's not City. It's the actual Manx. It's not the plastic overnight creation. It is the Manx. It's United. It's the one, you know, that everyone, bar, I suppose, the, uh, the derby locally is the other derby. So I suppose, you know, the Premier League derby mm. of sorts, other than the one that's local, would be this one. And they came with their fucking revelry and their pomp and thinking that, you know what, that they are going to do an upset. You've seen it, right? You've seen all of them. Neville coming out of his hole, Rio coming out of his hole, even fucking Nicky Butt, who is a butt. Buddy, wait till you watch the second half and Neville, oh my, Carrigan, Neville, oh my God. Wait, you won't sleep. You're going to go home, watch it, right? It is the best 45 no minutes. I'm gonna home. And when Unbelievable. I'm gonna Unbelievable. Because, you know what? What Liverpool did today, slacking, thrashing, thumping, humiliation of United, but also, you know what? A little bit of redemption and healing for themselves, right? Much needed as well. And we all need a little bit of healing. And sometimes football mm-hmm. gives that to you. And football today gave it to us through our front line in a plum. Our front line all scored. And then someone came off the subs bench and he scored two. And it had to be Bobby. It had, after the week that you know, the news, everyone's been feeling it had to be him. And what a swan song it's going to be, right? What a swan song it's going to be. Everyone um, played well. Everyone played well. You know, Every single player. Even fucking Jordan Henderson rolled back the he year did. to take the he did. out. He did. And then Harvey Elliott, the little kid from around the corner from where I live, turned up as well. In a manner that people didn't expect, as did Fab, as did Ibu, as did Virgil, as did Alison, mm-hmm. as did Robbo. Mm-hmm. Robbo, fuck me, man. Fuck, did you? No one thought that Robbo was going to do that today, but man, he destroyed them. We took the absolute piss out of their blonde head pricks, their idiot fall over with the big ears and wonky teeth and fucked up nose, and everything else that's about them. And 
for all the pomp about Casemiro and Fred and Casemiro and Fred and Casemiro and Fred and Casemiro and Fred, what the fuck did you do, boys? You did fuck all. You got done. And how poetic is it that they got done by a team, by a team that they'd all been taking the piss out of? Now, you know what? Nicely, fuck you, Man United. You're full of shit. And everyone is going to go home happy. We're actually going towards the East Lanks Road now. We're going, me and Cam are going mm -hmm. towards East Lanks Road now. And I'm pretty sure we're not going to see a man. Why? Because they left a long time ago. It was a, it was a handful of money and handful. No locking. No locking. There was an announcement all of a sudden. Fucking let him out. I think we might have lost Ravinda there. Happened to oh, them. They've been beaten 7 0. They don't need anyone else to hit them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it. Like, no one. No one. <laughs> they probably get a sympathy hug. You, you lost. We're you losing your body. I said, like, you know. No, yeah, we're, we're losing you. We're losing early. I said they got beat 7 0. No one's going to hit them outside the stadium. They've been beaten enough. <laughs> they got smacked down. I think they, they got, got enough, yeah. A hug from somebody along the way. Yeah. While the kids going up there. United fan. Oh, here you go, love. Okay, would you like a... <laughs> yeah, we seem to have, like, sound issues. Um, But that was Harinda and Cam enjoying and... Um, just making the most of the day that they've had and I'm so glad that the day turned into a positive for for you, Harinda, and for, for every Liverpool supporter. I think we've all got a big smile on our face. Thank you so much for calling. Really, really appreciate it. It's okay. I heard everything. I heard everything. I heard everything. Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, well, yeah um, we've lost them. We've lost them now. Yeah, for sure, we've yeah. lost them. Yeah, I'm just going to put them on mute so they don't come back on. Sorry, that's so bad. <laughs> go away. Not go away, but I think we've got some sound issues. Yeah. Um. Uh, whilst we get to our next call, the people are just taking the mic. I think Gag's putting a picture in Discord of the butcher. The butcher has arrived, and everyone's just laughing because obviously, um, uh, Lubo here there um writing more did things to the butcher that are illegal in most countries. Lubo more um uh, more made um uh, their butcher into a chicken shawarma and gobbled him up. 
you know, we're done and dusted. But let's try getting on to our third caller. Hopefully we have better signal. Um, uh, Kieran, you there? Yes, I'm here, Nina. Well, great to have you back on, Kieran. You know the drill on this show. The floor is yours. Um, uh, well, this is, um, well, it's been, no, this is just so, so unexpected. Um, prior to the game, I went for a 1-1 and what is possibly my worst ever prediction. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought, in the, I thought the, the first half it was, hmm, it was KG and, you know, up until that Gakbo chance the 34 minute, we, we hardly tested, uh, the Hayes goal. But um, yeah, the the second half. I mean, my God, I, I just I don't think I've ever seen anything like it, really. No, absolutely unreal. Uh, have you got any questions or anything for the panel? Um. Well, obviously, we've had some great victories over these. We think of the four-one at Old Trafford in '09. We think of um. You know, the uh, the Fraynell and 13-14 at their place uh, under Rodgers and obviously last season's 5-0. Um, I think this today is probably the best one because, um, you know, you don't beat your biggest rivals 7-0 in a match. It just doesn't ever, ever happen. Mm. And let's be honest, I think this is one to cherish because, let's be honest, we'll probably never see a result like that again in a long, long, long time. So that's why you have to cherish moments like this when they come. We do. And it's a great talking point as well. I mean, Guy, I'm going to come to you first. Um, uh, You know, this is like everyone's different. And I think Harinda touched on this as well, how big this game is. For me, it's massive for obviously Mm -hmm. where I live and the people I know and the, the torture I've endured my whole life. Um, uh, with with um, uh, Manchester United and the Fergie, um, how big of a result was this? Because I kind of grew up watching that whole, you know, when Danny Murphy used to score goals and plenty yes. of goals against Manchester United, and you know, those were the moments. And recently, we've we've had a fair few. I mean, like the the Dirk Cout hat trick, the easiest hat trick he'll ever score. You know, there's some really iconic ones. And obviously, last season we we you know like we absolutely thumped them twice. I think we beat them. 9-0 of, you know, 4-0 over there and 5-0 at Anfield. But this, I think this is a historical win. I don't think any team, I think someone tweeted that Liverpool won um, at 7-1 way back when. Like, way back when. Like, this is rare. It's it's just so unique. As you said, seven, seven against anyone is a magical moment. But seven against them lot. And as as we alluded to before, I think Gag said it on his call, they're supposedly better than us. They're having a better season. I don't think many people, or many sensible people, would say they're a better team than us. They've certainly had a better season so far. But to beat them 7-0, with quite a lot of... It might just be me being a pessimistic prick or whatever, but coming into the game with nerves. Which there's always nerves coming into these games, but it, it's a different type of nerve. It's a big energy, big game energy nerves. But coming into this, it was trepidation nerves. It was going, mm, they might fucking beat us here. But for, to come in from that feeling to then what happened, it's historic for everything in the Premier League, this, because regardless of what the best games are, because let's be honest, these games are usually very shit or they're one-sided. 
it was one-sided, thankfully, in our in our favour. But this is the big game in this country. It doesn't matter how good Man City get, it doesn't matter how horrid a club Chelsea is, this is the game. I think there's more funner fixtures. Like, I'd say the North London derby is the funnest derby, but this is the biggest. This is the biggest two teams in the country, and that is not changing unless someone goes on three generations of unfounded success. It's just not changing in any of our lifetimes on this call or anyone listening to this podcast. It is fucking massive, and we have this over them forever. Like... If they beat 6-0 in the coming years, it does not matter. We beat them 7-0. We've got the Eric 7 Hag meme going already in the background, I see on Twitter. We've got, apparently, Eric 10 Hag made them run 13.8k against Brentford when they got tonked earlier in the season, so I'm suppo- I suppose Man United players... Yeah, yeah, they will be <laughs> fucking walking back to Manchester, I presume, right now. <laughs> so this... This match, this result, is fucking magic. It is fucking historic. And we should never let them live it down. But as you say, you're obviously from Manchester and you've got Manchester supporting family. I kind of do, but my brother grew out of football and supported and went to do cricket. Um, So he's the real loser there. Um, But no, I've always been stronger. The strong... Rivalry and it for me has always been Man United. Obviously, I don't like Everton. It'd be funny if they get relegated, um, but it has been Man United. They're the team I hate the most. Then it's probably Everton just by the power of the club. But then it's like Chelsea. But it is just Man United. Man United is the one, especially for out of towners, and to fuck them over like this. And I don't know why my echo has just gone off there in the background. I said fuck them over. It sounds like echo apparently. Um, but let's move on. <laughs> um, but to do that, to do that in one half of football, six goals in one half of football, that must be the most dominant half of football in Premier League history. Unless one of them mad nine nils that Spurs got one year was one or like that. But not against a rival this, the size of this rivalry. Not a chance. Not and not, in the, not with the confidence that they came into this game and how Absolutely. we were kind of like, I don't know, I think we were kind of seen as the underdogs in this one by a lot of people, neutrals, and even like Liverpool fans, like you said, would have been a cagey performance. I mean, Tadeva, I'm going to come to you. Um, where does it rank for you? How big is it? And, you know, just, just, give, me your, just give me your thoughts. Absolutely massive. Absolutely massive. I, I think for me... Um, the biggest win over United is still the one when we went on to win the league because it was the first time I genuinely believed, holy crap, we're actually going to win this thing. And, you know, with us not having won it for so many years and all of that, that Mo Salah goal, you know, what for me was the most, I guess, emotional or sentimental goal was because that was the moment when we actually well, when I actually started to believe it. And I think it was the first time that Anfield started genuinely the whole crowd singing, now you're going to believe us, we're going to win the league. So for me, that game is still the GOAT game for me. That's but a good this, shout. But this game comes pretty damn close. <laughs> like, you, you don't, as everyone's saying, you don't beat your rivals by th- three goals most games. Four goals, okay, you're pushing it. Five, six, seven. And... The icing on the cake is obviously Bobby Firmino coming on, getting that reception and scoring. Like you, I don't think you could have scripted this better. Um, and I think it feels a lot better because we were so nervous before the game. 
Like I, I saw that lineup. I was absolutely breaking it yep, because yep, I thought yep. their midfield was just going to run past our midfield and in, on the, in transition, they were going to get us. So to then go and emphatically win like that, I think makes it even more joyous because I was so nervous before the game. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Kevin, thank you so much for your question and your call. Really, really appreciate it. Massive thanks to Gags and Harinda and Cam as well. If anyone wants to call in, please let us know on Discord. We'd love to hear your thoughts. The vibe is really, really good on Discord and there's many people joining us. So thank you for joining us. Let's talk about this then. So, Tadeev, I'm going to stick with you. I mean, Guy kind of touched on this and he just said the dismantling of the second half. Now, let's before we can even talk about the second half, we kind of have to talk about the first half and... Liverpool started off really well, you know, even though we had concerns about the team lineup. Liverpool started off really well and then United had a little bit of like momentum. I'd say round about, you know, in, in like, I'd say about round about the 25th minute. That's when they started coming a little bit into their own. And, and that's when Gary Neville said that thing that we kind of mentioned earlier in the pod and Gags gave a big old mighty laugh trying to impersonate you. And then 42nd minute, could, I mean, Gakpo, I mean, it was just such a lovely composed finish and Robbo to find him and for Gakpo to find space and, you know, he left Varane in no man's land. But for me, that goal, and as cliche as it sounds, I think it's very important when you score these goals and to score just before half time. Huge. Especially considering they were starting to grow more confident yes. and more bold, should I say, um, towards the second bits of the half. I think the first bit, as as any away team in a big game, they were just trying to just hold on, slow the, the game down, they, yeah. get the crowd out of it, mm. get the, the other team frustrated. Also, that, that, their tactics as well of time-wasting and trying to take the sting out of our, our, you know, our pace and our possession. Exactly, exactly. So it was all very, you know, tactical and methodical in that sense. So for them to go into halftime at nil-nil, I think they would have been happy in the sense of, well, Liverpool started well, we had some chances, Liverpool are going to get desperate in the second half and probably try push more players forward to try and go get that goal. So for us to get it just before halftime, I think was really, really crucial. Um But yeah, they, they had their spell. I think I think it's fair to say that they had their moments... I think Fred, if you watched Fred in that game, there was a lot of times he he was trying to make a run from midfield um, straight towards, you know, in between one of our fullbacks and centre-backs. And then Rashford would go either side of, of the fullback to try and just create that second player that's not going to be marked by anyone because they, you know, they're transitioning through different phases of the pitch. Um, and I thought they were going to be quite successful with that. And they had a few scary or, or, or I don't know if it's scary but a few nervy situations for us certainly uh when they did that obviously they get the the offside goal um that's also a nervy moment even though it's offside so yeah they had their moments so fair play to them I thought it I, I thought it was a bitch move the, the the tactics that they used but they were working I guess so fair play to them on that side and I'm just happy that we got that goal because I I do think they would have been more confident and dug in more into that tactic in the second half. This us scoring sort of forced them to have to change their plan a bit, and and that really really just helped us in the second half. 
Very good. And Guy, um, your thoughts on Cody Gakpo's goal and uh, just how the first half panned out? No, the goal itself was brilliant. I mean, Robertson has had a weird season. Like, he's not, he's like, in terms of list of things gone wrong, he's nowhere near the top. But he's kind of been there in the background, not up to his normal level. And I think it's almost the attacking side, which has been the more worrisome thing, because he just seems to get his decision-making wrong. Today was just phenomenal. Like, he was aggressive. He was a shithouse. And the pass for the goal, like, even at his very yeah. best, we didn't really we don't really associate that with Robertson. And it's a phenomenal pass. From that, it's Trent-esque. It's mm. patient. It's waiting for Gakpo to make a couple movements. And the pass, just perfect weight. And then what Gakpo did after that, I've, I've seen people describe it as Coutinho-esque, and it really is. It's lovely composure. Um, was it Delore? Was it? I think it, no, it was Varane. He, he, sent it Varane was, yeah. to, he sent Varane to Tesco, picked him up a nice little cheeky drink. Um it, it it was fantastic from the pair of them. And Gakpo, I don't know what that lad is, but if we get... If, whack him on penalties, because as soon as that lad gets a goal, he goes up levels. Like, I thought he was he was good in the first half, but after his goal, and obviously he went straight into the second half, basically, he just turned into a phenomenon. He is excellent when he's confident, and I, in the first few games, because I didn't watch PSV... I was worried about why we signed him because he looked like a wrong fit. But when he's on it, you can see he's a hell of a player. And what was it, 40, 37, 40-odd mil we paid for him? It's it's looking like another bargain if he can play like this week in, week out when we get into a more consistent river. But that finish is phenomenal. phenomenal. Um, the pass is phenomenal. And it looks like another phenomenal piece of business from Liverpool. It's just... Uh, yeah, just absolute smash in that goal. And as today you said, perfectly timed because they were growing into it after after our first 25-odd mins of us being the better team. They certainly... I didn't feel like they were growing in terms of possession. They probably were statistically, but they weren't exactly dominating the ball. It They just seemed to carry more of a threat in the second, in the fir- in the second half of the first half. Um... But, yeah, that just seemed to kill them. And then, obviously, we'll come on to the second half. But the start of the second half was just... It was basically an execution after that. It was. I've just seen a really funny tweet. I presume it's from a Manchester United support. I had to retweet it. It's by someone called... At Shadadzai. Um, uh, we lost 5-0 here last season. Came back with a new manager. Then 300 million and we lose 7-0. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Sorry, I'm such an arsehole today. I just can't help myself. <laughs> yeah. Um Tadiva, let's let's just then go into the, the second half. Um I'm at this point literally just making myself a green tea but kind of um uh, running into the area trying to catch things. And what a way to start the second half. Darwin Nunes. He had a quiet, he, he, I mean, like, you know, he was looking a bit suspect in the first half, but then switching them over, the him and Gakpo, really, really benefited and suited. But um, uh, Darwin Nunes um, making it 2-0 really, really quickly, you know, being cutthroat. And and then Gakpo getting um, Liverpool's third and his second, I mean, like, within, like, three minutes after that. I mean, 
I think what really didn't help Man United was the fact that we just completely dismantled. I don't think they've recovered from that. I think the early goal, I think the Nunes' goal is what was was the, the nail in the coffin in terms of shit. Like, that's where it went downhill for them. The whole team talk goes out the window with that goal. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what did we just spend the last 15 minutes talking about? Because it, we, we have to rip that up and, and try and do something different. So, yeah, it, it, it was really key. I think... Like, I was, in the first half, um, I remember watching Nunes and wondering, and maybe, you know, maybe it's not true or whatever, but he looked like he either is carrying some sort of injury or, or he, was, he wasn't sprinting. Yes. So every time he, you know, people would give him a through ball or something, we're used to uh, Darwin just blowing past people. But there was, a, there was a time in the game when Casemiro caught up to him. And I'm like, what what's going on here? So I I was a bit worried, um, you know, that he wasn't, you know, opening up the legs, so to speak, in in certain situations. And that's such a key thing for us nowadays is is his pace in behind. But I, I was really happy for him to get the goal. Um, and as as Guy was saying, Gakpo, the moment he scores, is he just goes into a, a, a new form. Um, I think Nunes is the same. I think the moment he scored, he sort of felt up for it as well. And then obviously, by the time we get to the high numbers, um, Salah's now taking more touches than he usually does, doing stepovers, and it, Milner was doing stepovers. Um, so yeah, I think the the key thing with that second goal so early into the second half was the confidence just went up for us and it just sank for Man United. And you could see it from then on that United weren't interested in this game anymore. Whereas Liverpool were thinking we could put the, the, the foot on the throat here and just take them out. For sure. And Guy, I'm I'm going to come to you. I mean, the early goals. I mean, we've, so many times we've been watching Liverpool this season. Like you said, they've been such a weird team. And it's, you know, for Liverpool to be clinical, to be cutthroat, you know, the fact that they didn't have many shots on target till Cody Gakpo came through in the first half. But for Liverpool to be that clinical in such a quick succession, I think, you know, was, was, um, I don't know what Jurgen Klopp said to them, but, um, uh, I want to get your thoughts because I've, I, at 3 0, and then you, when, you know, when you play Manchester United, usually, and it is a big game, but when Liverpool were 3 0 up at 49 minutes, I felt calm and eased. I know it sounds weird, but I did. I wasn't. <laughs> um, really? really? No, I was like, nah. I was this- laughing. I was laughing with still that nervousness, but. Alison Becker tried to frighten you a bit, didn't he? He did. He did. He had, his, he had his, usual, his usual mad moments. Was that a 2-0 or 3-0? 3-0. 3-0, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I would have had to have slapped the beautiful bastard if he if that was given a penalty. No, but the third goal, I mean, um, that is probably the best thing from this game, other than obviously beating them 7-0, is the gift going round of um, Mo just turning Martinez inside out. Because that lad, and I'm talking about Martinez, he's obviously good, but the way people have bigged him up this season, in a shit Premier League season, let's be honest. Yeah. Outside of Haaland, Tony, no one's really turned up consistently. Obviously, Darwin's turning up now, Ollie Watkins is turning up, but there's not many... 
like four strikers you can you can look at in the Premier League. And Mo Salah just has this habit of just mon- like ruining lads. Like he sent Cancelo to Germany, he might send Martinez back to Argentina or Holland or whatever. But that lad got absolutely monstered by Mo Salah today. Like Mo obviously he didn't get um the number of goals. Um that he probably well, no, he did get two actually, didn't he? He, he could have obviously got a hat trick and stuff like that, but he was phenomenal. Even if he didn't score the goals today, I think he probably would have been man of the match. He was just ruining lads left and right. Um, but no, that goal turned Martinez inside out. The pass is fantastic, and Gakpo's finish is just lush. And yeah, it, it's just it's just such a weird sense of relief because if we did this either last season or the two seasons where we were amazing, it'd almost feel like, well, yeah, they're shit, we're good, whereas this seems like, it's it's almost like a burst out laughing like today we did at the start of the pod. It's like, fucking hell, we're not even that good and we just did that to them. Imagine what we're like if we do this every week. It's just fucking phenomenal. But no, that third goal was was special. Um, and more Salah doing that to Martinez. We'll yeah. probably it's already I've already we've already changed one of our WhatsApp group pictures to that in in, in my in my friends group. But yeah, when, that is that's already one. It's Martin is yeah. looking looking the wrong way trying to tackle Mo Salah. Fantastic. It was an absolutely stunning finish, and I kind of saw people. I think it was called Matt Chittad who kind of uh, compared it to Coutinho's goal at Old Trafford in in the Europa League. Yeah, definitely. Um... Uh, De Gea must have had flashbacks straight away as soon as um, yeah. Gakpo flicked it over him. What a beautiful goal. <laughs> what an absolutely beautiful goal. And as, as does Gakpo try that when he if he hadn't scored the first one? I don't know. Um, quite frankly, I don't care right now. But, I mean, the audacity to do that. He didn't have much of an angle. I thought he was going to try and cut it back I, to someone, yeah. you know, running into the box or mm. Darwin Nunes at the far post or something. But to to try that just shows a player that has confidence at the moment, which is trouble for defenders and really, really great for us going forward. It really is. And I I don't know, like, it kind of felt like to me from just like watching the goals and obviously seeing the goals going that everything that we kept hitting kept finding the back of the net. And it was just like, I I was just, you know, like watching in disbelief, but in, in a really, really good way for once. Um, it was just sensational stuff, and then of course, um, you know, we're we're not quite finished. Darwin Nunes gets another goal, and um, I mean, I didn't know what to say. I mean, at this point, what do you say? Because it just felt like a guy. It just felt like we were like playing like basketball, football. Well, basketball would intend would intend they had a going our half Nina, so it probably wasn't. It was. Yeah. What's a really one-sided You're sport? just taking it. I think yeah. their heads had completely dropped. I think oh, God, it yeah. was it was showing in, in their sloppiness, in their lack of tracking back. They just weren't working hard. They were losing their heads. They were doing stupid things. Mm. And basically, you know what? This was a test of... Like, I'm going to turn it on the United side. This is going to be a massive test of their character now in terms of how they go forward into other games. No, their heads were gone. Um, absolutely, head was not on their shoulders. It was somewhere hidden betwixt their ass, ass cheeks. At that moment, I think they they were just head in sand, absolutely gone. Um, 
and with an assist for Darwin Nunes as well. Oh. Nice stuff. Yeah, I, and I'm sure we'll talk about individual performances that deserve mentioning as well. But um, yeah, they were gone. I mean, Bruno Fernandes is their captain. Now, Bruno Fernandes is a very good player, but he's not a captain. He is a crybaby bitch, as Gags has done with his phone filter there in the chat there. Um, he should not be a captain. His head goes before anyone else's. Luke Shaw should have been sent off, in my opinion. McTominay was lucky to get away with a yellow. I think that, that was a bit later on than this, actually. Yeah, it was, but, yeah. But um, who else should have been sent off? Martinez probably could have had a couple of yellows. So, you know, as he elbowed someone in the first half and didn't get booked. Um, but, 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 it was just, yeah, they were just completely gotten. And it's from lads you wouldn't expect. Like, Harry Maguire wasn't on the pitch imploding. This was their good set of lads. Like, you could tell who the experienced lads were there. Obviously, Varane had a shit game, well, of course, because they lost 7-0, but I didn't feel like he imploded. Um, so you can, and Casemiro obviously got subbed off, probably to save him from getting a red card. But it's just, you can see the lads who have been at a Real Madrid and done stuff like that, and you see the lads who have been consumed by the shitness of Man United of recent years, and they were the lads who whose heads completely left orbit. Um, but no, they they were lucky to finish with um, with eleven men. Really were, really, really yeah. were. But no, in terms of the fifth goal, um, it's a lovely it's a lovely cross from Henderson, um, and a nice a nice header from um, from Darwin. But ju- just to talk about Henderson, because I think he is probably the player everyone when the starting elevens came out went, uh, why is he playing? And to be fair to the lad. I've given him shit every time I've done a podcast, and to be fair, he's probably deserved shit because he's been awful this season. This was probably his best game in years. You could probably say that about a good few of the players, but Henderson playing on the wrong side of midfield, like he's never really played and never really played well especially, excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And if if he can play like this more often and... um. Quite a lot of people saying, is this Fabinho back? And hopefully it is Fabinho back. It probably is Fabinho back. Um, they worked really well, didn't they? Let's they be did. honest. Like, yeah, they, did. they, they really did compliment. If they, one of them does it, as long as you do your job, it makes the other person look good mm-hmm. because they're not doing your job. And and the thing, maybe playing Henderson out of his natural position just made him think harder. Like Obviously, the second half was so unique that they didn't really attack. Obviously, they had a couple breaks with Rashford and stuff like that. But maybe playing Henderson out of position just made him... And this is going to sound patronising as fuck to a, to a Premier League footballer who's just won 7-0 and, is, and has been a really good footballer over the years. But maybe just made him think more. Whereas if he's the right centre mid, and maybe he just vibes in that position because he's played it for so long. But if he's playing on the left, maybe he has to think about it a bit more. But he, he was really good there. Um... Fabinho was excellent, and that is easily Harvey Elliott's welcome to the Premier League game, I think. He's obviously had good moments, but in terms of a complete performance, that that's him. That is what he should strive to be and be more consistently, because he was erratic, maybe with some of his pressing in the first half, but he was a little terrier shithouse bastard player running everywhere. Being really nice in terms of the build-up play. So rather than... It's really nice being able to speak positively about the midfield rather than just going, 
Oh, they were shit again. But today, all three of them were excellent in very differing and very surprising roles. But for me, Fabinho, looking back to his best, that is going to be the platform, the jumping pad for this season. Because if he plays like that for the rest of the season, we will piss top four. So, yeah, all three of them, excellent. Even Basetic came on and took the piss. Took the absolute piss out of them lads. Um, so, yeah, midfield really good today, and I'm sure we'll talk about the other positions as well. But, yeah, midfield really nice. I love that. I love the fact that we are on this podcast and we are giving a special shout-out to the midfield. And I have to agree with Guy Drinkle there, Tad. I thought the midfield performed really well. I think a lot of us had anxieties about that. I think we've been having anxieties about it all season, regardless of what combination Jurgen Klopp plays. I feel like there's always something that we're quite dissatisfied about be it the players and also sometimes the performance and the shift that they put in. But today, it, and we always say, oh, the midfield looks tired, it looks leggy and lethargic. Even the commentator said that in the first half as well, like, oh, you know, it's not, you know, this is where they, they're underage and they're overage, but they really, really grew. And I, and I do feel like with United just losing their heads, I felt like it was just even more... I don't know, kind of, it suited Liverpool's midfield. Like, I felt like they could conserve their energy because that team had lost its head at that point. I feel like if it was still 1-0, I feel like it would have been a proper, proper battle. And I feel like some of the legs would have gone in the middle of the park for our players. Yeah, so the attackers doing their job was just phenomenal. It really, really helped us out. I think the, mm. the good thing was at least we... You know, we did have legs, so to speak, on the bench in Basetic could come on and, and yes. you know, um, when I tweeted before the game, you know, my, my concerns with the, the midfield starting lineup, one of the comments was, you know, Basetic has, has played a lot of games and at least, you know, he has been getting a few yellow cards early in games. At least now he can come in 60th minute and impact that way, hopefully, you know, which makes sense. Yeah. I think the concerns with the midfield were justified because look at how they've played this season. Like, it's not like these concerns came from nowhere. It's not like people, you know, you you obviously get the extremes that no matter what a player does, they'll always, you know, point out their negative things or whatever like that. But for majority of fans, it's calling it like you see it. Our midfield has been shocking this season. So shocking yes. that we all know that's the area that is probably going to get the most investment in the summer. It's a testament of of how it's shaped out. Basetic has been our most informed midfielder in 2023. So for him not to start is worrying. Like, wouldn't anyone be worried, logically speaking, if your yeah, most yes. informed player isn't starting the game? So I think all of those were justified. But all you can ask from the, you know, it, I think it's fair for fans to, crit, to you know, to comment on that. I, I, more power to fans that no matter what the team sheet are, they're happy and they'll go, you know, and, 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 They'll, they're positive and they'll they'll cheer for it. Like more power to you if if you're like that. I'm unfortunately not like that. I do get concerned. I do have to go do something, play Xbox or something before a game. Otherwise, I'm going to get too worried about it. You know, stuff like that. But all you can ask is when the whistle goes, is we we'll all back the players and that they perform. The players that are on the pitch perform, and in this game, they performed really well. As Guy said, Henderson on that left hand side played really well. Mm-hmm. Fabinho looked like an energetic Fabinho all of a sudden, you know. Yeah. Harvey Elliott was bombing forward. He had the confidence on the ball. He wasn't worried when they pressed him. It was just a joy to watch them all sort of playing with their chests out, um, 
in in a game and as i said credit to them when they play well i'll i'll tell i'll you know i'll call it like it is i'll i'll say they played well and they did play well they're phenomenal when they play badly unfortunately i'm going to call it out because that's just the way i am um but yeah i, I don't think there's anything you know i i don't get the fans who after the fact will then come on and say oh you know where all those people that were complaining about the midfield have you watched our season this year there's reason to have concerns. I'm just extremely, extremely happy that they stepped up and, and they played phenomenally well. Um, I think it helped that some of them um, have had rests recently. You know, Robbo got rested in the in the last game. Henderson, you know, gets rested, comes on, um, you know, 70th minute or whatever the time was in the last game, keeps his legs ticking. You know, that type of rotation, I think, is good. Um, just to keep everyone fresh at the moment. Absolutely. And I, I, I love the industry from the midfield as well. Like, you know, trying to win the second ball, trying to turn over the play, you know, get, get things moving. And I think Harvey Elliott was really, really good and instrumental in, in a majority of them things. And Guy, I'm going to come to you. Let's speak about other players that impressed. Obviously, the obvious are the obvious, and I'm sure you'll talk about them. But, you know, I'm going to go back to the first half and I thought the fullbacks were phenomenal. I think they also had a moment when it was at nil-nil where they linked up together and they were like sort of um, spraying passes to each other and trying to do something. But you know who I was quietly impressed with and it goes it goes without a surprise? It was Ibrahim Akonate because I felt like when United were kind of applying that pressure where they were trying to get their runners in behind our defence, I felt like he really anticipated the danger and the threat and he managed to snuff it out really well. And every time the ball came in, him with his long legs, just sort of hooking it back out. I mean, I, I felt like even though it was a clean sheet and the second half they didn't get, you know, like our defence wasn't asked many questions. I feel like putting in that shift in the first half was the, like, it's small details is what I'm getting at. Yeah, we, the first half of this podcast, we were discussing nerves. Maybe we need to readdress the question of nerves and just ask, is Ibrahima Kamaya playing? Because that lad is fucking magic. Like, (laughs) and this is going to sound disrespectful, and it is, I don't care. But we've always had Virgil, and then he's had a mate. Now, Ibu's got a mate in Virgil. So it feels like we've got two, like, this is very short-term sighting, because the other centre-backs have obviously fallen off, and it was Lovren before that who, yeah, no. Um, but Ibrahima Kanata is of a different level to them lads, I think. I think... Matip and Gomez have always had somewhat limitations. Obviously, they've been excellent for us. I'm not saying they haven't. But Ibu, I just think there's something different about that lad. Obviously, we're not as good as a team at the minute. But once we get back to that level, and I have no doubt, especially after today and the way I'm speaking on this podcast, we will get back to that level. But Ibu is, for me, the next big thing as a centre-back. The only thing wrong with Ibu is that he picks up injuries. Other than that, I would not trade him for any centre-back in the world. Like, who else is the best young one? Saliba's been wanked over all season. Not a chance. Not a chance in hell. Um, Barcelona have about three of them. Wouldn't change any of them. Uh, But you get where I'm going. He's six foot four, fast as anything. Really good on the ball. Really good tackling. Really good positionally. And... He, he's literally just the perfect centre-back for any team in the world. 
And, and you see, you saw him at times today. He just pop over a right back and play it like he's played it there all season. And then Fabinho dropped a centre back. He can do everything. He is terrifying. I think once we get hopefully out of this funk in the summer, um, in terms of a season funk, not today, obviously. He may announce himself as the best centre-back in the world next season. If he just stays injury-free and the his attribute in everything, not just physical, in his footballing ability, he may announce himself as the best centre-back in the world next season. And he may even start doing it this season. Because if he stays fit, I'm not exactly sure what the record was, is with him and Virgil, but I can't remember us losing any many or any games with them two playing. Um... They are just phenomenal, and if if they're playing, I should just not go into any game nervous. So you are right to pick out Ebu because the way the way the other centre backs have played this season, if Ebu's playing, we are just a team transformed. He he is he is probably the best piece of business we've done, and will prove to be since we bought more for forty odd million, and look what he turned into. So, yeah, Ibu is just a freak of nature. And you're right to, to pick him out because he is he is such a confidence-making player. And, yeah, I, I love him. And I love his anime tweets as well. Absolutely, yeah. I, I feel like the, the defence set the tone in terms of the confidence. And I just feel like if it was any other defensive partnership and United get an early goal or convert one of their chances or, you know... It, it makes things very, very difficult and it, we add more weight on ourselves. I mean, Tadeeva, I'm going to come to you um, if you want to share your thoughts on Kanati and if you want to kind of highlight another player that really impressed you today, because many, many did. Yeah, I, I think Kanate could genuinely be anything he wants to become in terms of centre-back in, in world football and, and guys talking about him potentially announcing himself as one of the the, the top centre-backs in world football. Purely because on paper he has everything you need. He's got the power, the pace, the poise. He can pass. He can bring the ball out from defense. Dominant in the air. Um, can cover really, really fast as well. He he could he can do everything you want from a center back. And as a bonus, he gets to learn from Virgil Van Dyke. I I don't think there's a center back that's in a better position right now with the tools they have. And the surroundings that they're in at the moment, too. He's got a mentor, hasn't he? He's got a world-class mentor already. I mean, he has to fulfill his potential. And maybe that then just puts too much pressure on him. But that that's almost what I'm expecting of him. What what more could he want, so to speak? So I'm really excited for him um, going forward. But obviously, we just hope that he doesn't get too many injuries and, and is able to stay on the pitch a lot. Um, in terms of performances for me, I think Mo Salah has to get the shot. I think he's go got the on then, Go on then. Uh, talk about it and talk about his two goals as well. Because I was like, please, Mo, score. Because I felt <laughs> like even the first half, when the other two strikers looked a little off the ball because they were playing in different positions, he looked like the one that was going to do something. He asked questions from the get-go. He looked sharp from the get-go and he really, really deserved his goals. So go for it. He He did deserve his goals. I was really happy for him. And I think he... He always, you know, usually with big players, it's like, oh, do they step up in big games? There's no doubt. Mo Salah always steps up in big games, more so against Man United. He just absolutely loves playing them. But I thought it was key that we were giving him the ball early and often just for him to get as many touches as he as he could possibly get, which was a 
something we need to do more often of. Um, and then when you have him on that side, I think Shaw now can no longer his, play his natural, you know, overlapping football because I'm going to have to chase Mo Salah back because you know Mo Salah is going to chase defensively. I mean, we saw a couple of times where he chased back and made the, the tackle almost at the right back spot. Um, so it was just really, really fun to see him be the old Mo Salah um, and, and later in the game become even more cocky Mo Salah, which was fun to see when he was doing the stepovers and, and, and dribbling and holding the ball almost two touches longer than you'd expect him to. Um, his creativity is so, so underrated. Yes, what about he, the he... rocket of a goal that he scored today as well? His first one, fucking hell. Absolutely insane. I mean, the, that yeah. volley um, on your weak foot, I, I thought it actually went over initially and then it just rocketed in. But such technique, you've, you've got to be patient with that one because you have to wait for it to fall as low as it possibly can before it hits the ground so that you can keep it low as well. Whereas when you've got defenders running towards you, um, you almost want to, you almost end up hitting that too early and it ends up going into rosette. So he was very patient and, and it was good to see. Um, but yeah, I was really, really happy with his creativity in this game. He gets the goals. He, he breaks the record, um, in the Premier League era for, for top goal scorer, but he was so creative in this game and it was such a joy to watch him be the creative Mo Salah of, of previous years. Absolutely. And Guy, I'm going to come to you. Talk to me about Mo Salah. Let's talk about his two goals. The first was just majestic in terms of how him and Nunes just broke on the counter on the break. And the second one, obviously, um, Roberto Firmino getting in on the action for him as well. But it was just a comedy of errors from the Manchester United defence. Like, it just felt very shambolic in the defence. Well, it was weird because obviously the first one, it was like, it was weird because Darwin had such a weird first half. He looked yeah, wrong. Like, he didn't look injured. He just looked, I don't know, maybe he was mentally just feeling the pressure or something. is completely wrong. And even in that goal, he kind of fucked it up. And it went well. <laughs> it hit someone's head. And then fell to Mo just to go, fuck it, top bins. Um, so he's like, what, what's, the, what's the buzz like, your line? Falling with style, I think. It was basically what Darwin's style was for, for some of the game today. But not more. The the first goal is just phenomenal. Just a just a bit. What 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 the perfect word? Twat it as hard as he can. <clears throat> and there's nothing better than a goal off the crossbar, is there? It just is peak football. And yeah, it it was phenomenal. And I think I mentioned it last week when I hosted the post or well, midweek, midweek, and it was. You can see the you can see part the partnership developing developing between I think we picked out Moore and Darwin particularly, but you can see it between all three of them. Obviously the Bobby the Bobby one's there since day one, basically. Um but you see more developing it with the two new lads as well. Um and trying to connect with Darwin for a normal human being probably would be impossible. But I think Moore's that good of a footballer, he just does it. And it's becoming more and more natural. Even he can even connect when Darwin plays it off someone, and and then he then that someone plays it off someone else's head towards Mo. That's how good Mo Salah is. 
Um, and you know what? Speaking of Marcelo and Darwin Nunes, um, you know when him and Luke Shaw had that feisty moment, yes. um, Darwin Nunes, um, a special shout out to Marcelo, knowing that he's got a crazy fucker on his team and he just held him to the ground <laughs> like you're not moving. Stay, stay on the fucking floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's always nice to have someone to babysit someone, isn't it? Yeah. Um, no, more is just. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, Mac boxes and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. It's hard because I've always got Steven Gerrard in my life, but Moore's Moore's t- Moore's definitely second place now for for me. I think we've had I think we've had this discussion on the channel quite a lot. But Moore is second place to me now in terms of my the best Liverpool or greatest Liverpool players I've seen um, in my lifetime. He is just phenomenal. I'd probably say Gerard Moore. You'd have to throw Suarez in there for best, but in terms of greatest, you've got Gerard Moore and then just a handful of lads from. From the team of the last few years, um, yeah. but uh, no more. I, I just love Mo Salah. He, he, every time he gets his top off, I smile, and it's not just because he's a beautiful bastard. You're a perv. So, I am. <laughs> I perv on Mo Salah. He takes his top off. He knows what he's doing. He's putting on the show. Um, it's just great. It's great stuff. I don't know why they were V. Was it this, was it his second? I mean, Roberto Firmino's foot and Gary Neville was so hoping Roberto Firmino's foot yeah. was offside. Yeah, that's what they were looking at. But was it was it the first goal where Martin Tyler went goal V? Hopefully VAR check it. it was like fucking hell. Yeah. Man. you yeah. might as well have a United top on you old prick. Um, they did it. For, they did it for was it Gakpo's second as well probably, they, they, yeah, they, they said it a few times they said it a few times and it was did. it was massively biased commentary I mean before I get to your shout out player who really impressed you I'm just going to read something from Ash or for Gary Neville Liverpool didn't play very well um, uh, the result was about Man United's capitulation and then he wrote WTF um, yeah Gary I'm uh, absolutely having a shocker there and Guy, I'll come back to you. I mean, that, I mean, yeah, United capitulated, but Liverpool absolutely put their foot on their throats and absolutely squeezed them for every goal that they possibly could and thinking they were born with. Talk to me about um, any other player that really, really impressed you today. Um, I kind of mentioned him in a group, but I'd pick Harvey Elliott, yo. Mm-hmm. I, I think this was... 
I, what did I, I think I said welcome a welcome to the Premier League type game from him earlier on. But this is where I think this is where we see what why we why the club or the the coaches think he can be a midfielder because he's a tenacious little twat. He was all I think. It was, I think this was the most Bernardo Silva esque performance I've seen from Harvey Elliott, and I think that is the blueprint type player we're going for. Left footed, um, seemingly run for days. We've just kind of got to stop him dog chasing a car type stuff. I think that's what we're trying to teach in Harvey. And obviously, defensively, wasn't the biggest issue today. And that that's probably his next development. Um. But he, in terms of pressing, in terms of front front, front foot, um, I'm sure UP lads will be busy collecting that because I thought Javi Elite was everywhere. He was chasing everyone. And it wasn't even just the off-ball stuff because I think Elliot's always had that effort there. It was the on-ball stuff because I think... I think people have not questioned Elliot, but I think they're thinking, what, what exactly is he? And I think this is the game where he answered what he could become. And that's what I really like. So if he can play like that, even if it's just slightly more um, frequently than he's been showing, it just shows what the player he can become is. And if he plays like that is whenever he reaches his peak or whenever his peak starts, that's going to be a hell of a fucking player. Um, so yeah, hopefully that is not the beginning, but maybe maybe the start of the peak of Harvey Elliott, let's say. Uh, I like it. And Tadiva, your thoughts on uh, just Harvey Elliott and how he's kind of growing into this team. And again, you know, he's been called into big game action again. Of course, he put in that performance against Manchester City where he had to really put in a shift to aid James Milner in that one. Your thoughts on him on this game showing maturity? I mean, Klopp clearly trusts him. I think he's played the most minutes of any teenager in, in the Premier League this season, if I'm not mistaken. And He's rewarding Klopp with performances like this, um, but, you know, rewarding the trust in him. I thought he was fantastic. He could have easily um, played within himself in this game, which is what you usually get with um, young players in, in big games is, okay, I don't want to be the one that makes the mistake. So as soon as I get the ball, I'll make the easy pass. I'll, I'll, I'll hide behind the opposition players so that, you know, my teammates don't have to pass me the ball and, and I'm not under pressure. But he was showing for the ball. He was trying aggressive passes. He was driving with it. As Guy said, he was a pest constantly throughout the game. And yeah, we, we saw a glimpse of what Harvey could be, um, you know, in, in the future. Because obviously the, the key thing is then consistency. Can you do that? Can you make give that performance week in, week out? And we're not expecting that from such a young player at this point in time in his career. But it, it was really fun to watch him play with confidence. Um, and because I'm wondering, because I, I don't know if Casemiro was injured or if he came into the game injured or got injured during the game. But obviously commentators were, were mentioning it and, and the cameras were showing um, him limping at times. But... That didn't phase Harvey Elliott. He he didn't care, so to speak. He just said, look, injured or not, I'm going to run over you in midfield. And it was really fun to watch him do that and play with that sort of freedom. Um, defensively, put in a shift similar to Man City. Uh, yeah, a, a coming out party for him, for sure. Um, a, a taste of what we could have in the future in terms of 
reaching those levels consistently, but at least he's shown us he's got this level in his locker, um, which is really exciting and, and promising. Yeah. Um, and I just think his his performances will just be more and more elevated as, as the midfield gets an overhaul as well. I feel like it's very easy to kind of go for the kid who isn't naturally a midfielder. And I do like guys shout there about him potentially being a blueprint of a Bernardo Silva-esque kind of player. It was a really good game for our strikers. You know, all three of them got a brace. And obviously Jurgen Klopp has the... The flexibility to make some subs, Bad Setic comes on for Hendo, Jota comes on for Nunes, Firmino for Gakpo and uh, James Milner comes on for Fabinho. And what I loved was the Jurgen Klopp's big smile of warm embraces to all those players. Tad, I'm going to stick with you. Bobby Firmino, of course, we've had some sad news this week that he is going to move on. And it potentially does make sense given the player's age and the profile. And, you know, it looks like Gakpo's been bought in. But how lovely was it for him to come on, score a vintage goal like the way he does, Salah assisting him and, you know, the cop and the whole stadium just singing his song. Because I think that is, that song is so iconic. It is one of the great songs. And it, it's yeah. one of the songs that defines this team's era. Um, so it, it was so nice for him to, to be able to come on. Um, you always worry in games like this, um, you know, what score lines could be. And let's say if the manager wasn't planning to bring him on and the game's too close to then bring him on, does he, you know, he can't bring sentiment into it. But it was a party atmosphere. Um, he gets to come on loud cheers when he comes on, gets serenaded with the crowd and everyone's thinking the same thing. Can we get the icing on the cake? Is, is this, are we asking too much? Can Bobby get a goal here after obviously the sad news that we got uh, during the week, and my God, he goes and does it. He absolutely goes and does it. And I, I thought it was going to be the Arsenal game that he was going to pull off something, something special because he always seems to do against Arsenal. But that was a special goal. Um, obviously, well played from Mo Salah. And then for Firmino, it looked like the chance had gone, um, but he kept at it, got his shot off, uh, which was really, really good. Just. The only irritating thing about the goal was obviously the fan that runs on so, so dangerous. Like, Robbo could have been seriously injured there. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit unfortunate. But to get to see Bobby score after the news of the week, I mean, it, was, it, was, it, it gave us an opportunity to celebrate him as, 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 an, as a crowd. Um, and obviously people that were watching it from home or wherever you were watching it, it was a good moment for us to celebrate it. And I think for him as well, it was. It must have been a phenomenal moment because you have those mixed feelings. Once you decide, okay, I am leaving. It's time to announce that I'm leaving. You know, you don't know how the fans are going to react. You don't. You you genuinely don't. And for him to come on, hear those cheers, hear the song, get to score a goal. I, I, it, it's it's a perfect way for him, for him to to play his last Man United um, derby or you know Liverpool Man United derby and and to sign off like that. In terms of him leaving, uh, I do think it's the right call. Um, you know, it's the right moment for him to leave. I think with yeah. what we're trying to do, with, you know, how much it would have taken for him to stay in terms of finances, I just think it's the right time to go. It doesn't take away from what he's done in the past to say that he, he can't necessarily impact the way he used to impact, but 
nobody can in football. Like it catches up with everyone in football. Um, you know, father time or mother time, however you want to say it, is is undefeated. Um, and it, it gets everyone at some point in time. But yeah, I, I'm just so so happy that he got to come on. He got to score. He got to get that celebration from the crowd. And he got to score the last goal as well, which was really special. It really was. Um, uh, we absolutely love Bobby Firmino. Um, Guy, you and I spoke and we spoke on your incision and we, we both agreed that it's time to move on, you know, those kind of players. But your your thoughts on the news actually, you know, coming through that he is leaving and, um, of course, him coming on and scoring a goal because it's not that we don't like the players, just the natural evolution of where we want to go. We, you know, like we can't be sentimental in football. It's, it, it's a, it's a weird one. Cause if you just look at it as the footballer, everyone loves Firmino. We do. We, he's just been such a source of fun in the Klopp era. Obviously it started so, so very weirdly under Brendan Rogers when he was playing right wing back. Um, <laughs> But from to turn around from that to then becoming the most successful false nine in modern day football. Obviously, we had little things like Fabregas, but that was more for Spain rather than week to week. But I don't think of a false nine footballer who just epitomises that position as much as Bobby Firmino, and not in my lifetime anyway. Um, he's just a phenomenon, but. I see it as also a positive, because as you said, we, we spoke and we I think we both agreed it was time to move on. And maybe it was just Bobby's decision, but if sometimes it feels like the club's almost lost control or lost its way in terms of some of the things they've done, obviously move, sometimes moving, oh, rumours of us moving away from statistic-based scouting and stuff like that, the stuff we built this club on, and I think letting go of Bobby, whether it's his decision, the club decision, the club's decision, whatever, him going, it's almost like a indication that we still have our shit together behind the scenes. Because yeah. I think most people would agree we made a mistake extend Henderson's because he still would be playing for us regardless. We could have addressed it then. Uh, addressed it this season, I should say. Yeah. Um, who else have we extended? Milner's stayed beyond his means, to be fair. It's weird talking about this after a 7-0 win. Um, but letting Bobby go maybe just feeling we need a cold decision in this situation. And it feels like that. So it's it's sad that he's leaving, but it's also good that he's leaving. Plus, if he goes to a good team, we can watch him every week. And maybe if it's an easier league than the Premier League, we get to see Bobby have fun somewhere else. So that's really good to see. But no, I think it's the right decision all round. Yeah, I I'm think it's important. Yeah. And I'm sure there'll be a day when... Who's probably next in line for a testimonial? Henderson, probably? When it's Henderson's testimonial or, or Milner gets his leaving match or whatever um, the situation is, he, he'll be there. And he'll be a very much source of fun in these charity matches and stuff when when they, when those day comes. He will put a smile on everyone's face. But Bobby's a fucking legend. He just absolutely is. Yeah. Um, and uh, Steve, um, Steve B.A. goes, um, 
Bobby leaves a legend. Just look at the reception he got. Absolutely. The legacy is going to be elite and perfect. And every time when we look back at the Bobby Firmino era and this Liverpool era, we're going to have nothing but good things to say about, about Roberto Firmino. Could not agree more. Guys, I think we've pretty much spoke about the game at length there and you know that it was just all good vibes but is there anything that you feel like needs addressing I felt like the ref I will say one thing I felt like the ref in the first half was losing his shit on the game the way he just booked like Fabinho and he let that snide um, elbow on on Mosla go I'm just so glad that he did not have a decisive say in in the result I will say that but he had yeah. a shit game yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. I think it, it refereeing's got to the stage where it's so bad that if there's not a huge fuck up, you just come away thinking, okay, we'll crack on. But he wasn't good. But at least it wasn't one of them where he cost it, it kind of thing. Did, did Mc, do you think McTominay should have been sent off? Because that's obviously a big decision, not in the not in the sense the result would have changed. I think if I think you know if the game was a bit tighter, I think mm. he might have sent off, and I think he would have given us a couple of penalties. Yeah, so if if we were, think, if it was like two one, I think Shaw you like Shaw may have been different, and McTominay. Yeah, I agree, but ultimately and, it didn't and affect Bruno, the and, and in my opinion, Bruno was kind of looking for a penalty when Allison cocked up. Like yes. He just he went for the dive straight up. Um, so that was a good call from the refs. So I will call him there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, like, obviously, I'm not a referee. I can't say this. But to me, I sometimes feel like when a team is getting absolutely embarrassed, I feel like they kind of want to save the blushes of the team. Like the injury time, the stoppage time was only three minutes as well. Because Liverpool yeah. were going to the very end. Liverpool wanted to put more behind them. So I, I don't know. But I don't know where the psychology is of a referee when a team is getting absolutely embarrassed on the pitch. To Deep, I mean, to Deep, anything from the game that you kind of want to highlight? Yeah, that was what I was thinking about when before you mentioned it was the refereeing. I thought he was giving United every opportunity to to first go and take the lead and then to get back into the game. Um, it seemed like everything, you know, every foul that we made, he gave it as a foul. Every foul that they made, it was like 50-50 whether he would give it. Um, again, another game where Mo Salah gets absolutely fouled left, right and centre and barely gets anything from it. And it took him forever to give them their first yellow card. So, it, you know, we mentioned the crucial time of the goals. If they were able to continue that game, and it, it appears as though they would have been, to keep slowing play down without any warnings, to yeah. foul our players and not, you know, and not be given any fouls. It was going to frustrate us. It was going to frustrate the crowd. Um, and you could almost have seen it going very, very differently. So I'm, I'm very happy that, you know, it's only taken until the end of the podcast for us to have to mention the referee. As bad as he was, it didn't impact the result, which is perfect for me. Can I give another shower as well? Five games, four wins, and five clean sheets. I might have to put a Liverpool player in my fantasy team. No, I, I don't you, know if I'm that No, you yet. don't. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't changing shit. You're keeping everyone out your team. Where you are, Mr. Tadiva. You ain't changing anything. The, the, the drinkle has spoken, okay? Right, guys, I, I I'm put Gomez in um, for the double game week, and then he didn't play both games, and we got oh, clean good. sheets. But anyway, I, I, I took him out after that. Right, guys, I'm going to give you the impossible task now. You've got to give me your man of the match shouts. I think this is easy. I think it's more Salah. 
Uh, I I was going to go with Mosala. I thought somebody yeah. might go a little different. Okay, that's fine. Mosala was mine as well. Um, purely for the shift from the beginning to the end, and of course breaking yeah. the records as always. Yeah. Mosala, isn't it? Only Mosala can do more than what he needs to. And Tadiba, what about you? Yeah, I think Mosala clearly, but then also just well done to Klopp um, for I guess you know the 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 way the team played the reaction that they had after half time um how many times do do you know do we criticize them when it goes wrong i think again mm. it's only fair to then praise them when it goes well he got it right with the selection you know based on the performance phenomenal reaction from the team at you know after half time which means you know he must have fired them up to go and you know kill this game off um you can't really complain about the substitutions or analyze them because, you know, the scorelines kind of, um, you know, affected that, so to speak. But yeah, I, I thought, well done to him. I'm I'm happy that he, he was able to get this, this type of result and this performance from the team. The only thing now, and I don't want to end it on a downer, but we need to then now capitalize on this. If we then go and lose to Bournemouth next, next week, it ends up being kind of, a dull way to end it all. I, I hope this is the catalyst for us for the rest of the season to to go and do something special in terms of, yes, we, we're meant to be challenging for titles and everything, but based on how our season has gone, top four would be quite some quite an achievement. Um, okay. So hopefully we go and secure that. It will also go a long way to helping us in our rebuild of the squad, which is which is needed. So yeah. Hopefully, this is the springboard that we were waiting for uh, this season. Absolutely. A massive shout out to Jurgen Klopp. I love the fact that you went there as well. So, Marcelize, the man of the match. Jurgen Klopp, you were incredible with everything what you did today. So, thank you very much. Thank you for being our manager and being awesome and giving us this moment. We appreciate it. Right. That is the end of us talking about the football. I want to give a special shout out to all our callers, Gags, Harinda, Cam and Kieran. A huge thank you to both Guy and Tadiva and a massive thank you to all you lot that joined us live who are kind of communicating with us on Discord. We really appreciate it. Before I let these two go, I'm going to get some plugs. Guy, anything you're working on and where can people find you on social media? Um... I think Dave's away next week, so I may, if anything newsworthy breaks, I will probably end up doing Daily Red. And also, we, it is Bournemouth game next week, so I am doing this show in your place, because you're skiving. I am skiving weddings. The, the inconvenience, the inconvenience, yeah. Um, Guy Drinkle will be hosting, I really, really appreciate it. Um, do give Guy Drinkle a follow. And to Diva, um we know you have your football show on, on EPL, so feel free to plug that and anything else you'd like to plug and where can people find you on social media? Yeah, definitely. Guys, uh, the sister site or brother site, however you want to see it, EPL Index. Um, I do the pre-game week uh, score predictions show. It's called the Tad Predictable. Um, obviously, Dave usually has the two-footed podcast, which goes throughout the week, Monday to Friday. And then... Usually Sundays is when Kev does his show, uh, which is the post game week show, um, where he has panelists and that one's called, uh, EPL roundtable. So we kind of cover all of the scope of the Premier League. So definitely come and check out those shows. Um, and Guy has finagled his way into the Bank It or Burn It 
competition on my show and he's on top of the leaderboard at the moment and he's going to get a giant trophy and he might um uh, my guest last week is worried that guy is now going to blow our our podcast budget on a bigger trophy than what is the actual trophy just because he might end up winning it this season parade around liverpool <laughs> yes, yes, we want He's so smug right now, guys. Thank, and you know, as smug as every local supporter right now, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast as much as the result. Take care. Guy Drinker will be back over the weekend, but till next time, from me, up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.